Welcome back to episode number 88 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff, the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, guys, so keep those comments and questions coming to me. I really appreciate all the hard work you guys are doing to share the show. Really am. Got some really fun ones today. You're going to love them. Love them. Not a fun. Um, we're at 11, 18 likes on Facebook. I don't know. I'm on my way home, so I just grabbed a couple things. I just got a couple uh, emails from people, and... Um, just wanted to kind of go through some things and, and talk about them while I'm on my way home. So why not, right? Um, what else? Housekeeping. Still haven't heard anybody from anybody about the Intractables, the Chronic Intractable t-shirts. Chronic Intractables, if you're new to the show, Chronic Intractables are people that regularly listen to this show. That's what we, we call ourselves that are, you know, that uh, always there and never seem to go away and, and uh, we're chronically intractable, right? Like pain. That's kind of what we're going with. Chronic Intractables. I want to make t-shirts. I, I haven't got anybody give me any good feedback yet of their ideas, so I'm going to make up my own, I know I just said it in my last show too, but um, I really want to get some feedback from you guys, because you guys are smart people, a lot of funny people out there, you guys are a hoot, so send me your funny ideas, it's got to be funny though, because I am the NP dude, so nobody can take this that seriously, and that's the whole point of uh, sharing information and having some fun along the way too, so um, what else? Spread the word, right? So sharing the show, that's probably the number one way that people are getting getting to know who I am and what the show's about is by sharing the show with your friends, telling your uh, your uh, NP schoolmates about the, pro- the program, and that, uh, you know, there's this wacky guy that talks in his car and he's, you know, cruising through the middle of Ohio, talking about things that kind of affect him, me, or uh, us as a profession, things that we see that come up. The scope of what we're doing in this show isn't to sit there and go through every type of thing. How to treat diabetes insipidus, I don't know, yeah, whatever. You can Google that stuff up to date or go to Medscape. There's a ton of resources on that stuff. Um, so I'm not doing that. There's there's tons of that. And be listening to a podcast, I've tried it, right? So I've tried to listen to some of these ones that I've found through people saying comments about it. And I normally don't listen to them, but there's one that's not bad. The curbsiders, right? Those guys aren't bad. They're young uh, physicians that are, um, I don't know if they're residents or what, but they, they started this podcast. They're, they're mildly funny. Their music is horrible, which they actually make themselves. It makes me cringe when I hear it. Um, but occasionally they'll have a good topic or they'll have a good speaker that comes on. And the people that they interview are usually very interesting, but the guys themselves aren't really that. They're kind of dry and it's kind of awkward and I just it's not... I don't know, and that part I don't like. But sometimes, sometimes they got good information, and they're doing that thing that everybody kind of wants: is that uh, you know, talk about you know headaches and how to treat them and how to recognize them and all that stuff. Yeah, okay, that's that's good information. But to me, that stuff I can look up quickly. I can I can look up on Medscape, Headscape, uh, Medscape. I can look up on Medscape headaches, and in in less than a minute, I can have all the information I need. I don't need to sit there and listen to some guys drone on and on about it. And to be honest, like I listened to one by a nephrologist. It wasn't bad. It was about hyponatremia. And some of the pathophysiology from that guy, because he was funny. He made it entertaining. But a lot of the shows are just so methodically boring. It's just like, I can't do it. i gotta, I got to stop. I'm going to run into a tree or something while I'm driving. I can't do this. So it's got to be entertaining, too. And so part of what I'm doing is I'm trying to address the issues that are that are short little snippets of things that are bugging you guys from a practice standpoint, from a day-to-day standpoint, and uh, bringing them to light so that we can talk about them. That's all I'm doing. I'm not, this is no rocket science here. 
So if you don't like what I'm doing, then don't listen or give me a rating. That's the other way you can you can support the show. Give me a rating. Still only 14 on iTunes. I find that hard to believe. I got a lot of people that keep telling me they're listening on iTunes. Go give me a rating on iTunes, darn it. All right. But uh, if you give me a two or a three, I'm good with it. Just tell me why. I just want to know the reason so I can maybe make this better. Got a message today. I was at work seeing patients. In between patients, I see this message pop up, and I sent them back a, a quick uh, thing and said, um, I'd get back. I kind of get back to him. But this was an issue that um, is coming up a lot. It's coming up a lot. New grad. Been out a couple months. You know who you are. I'm not using your name. Never do. And um, can't find a job. So this individual is asking about the home health risk assessment jobs and, you know, whether it, whether it's good experience and that kind of stuff and, and whether it, whether I would find value in doing that and just taking a job anywhere doing something versus looking for that perfect job. And, and how do you find that perfect job? So I guess my, my title for this section would be finding that perfect job for you, right? Here's my advice. There's no such thing as a perfect job. As soon as you put it on a pedestal as a perfect job, it will disappoint you within six months, and you'll be looking for another one. There's no such thing as a perfect job. Let me rephrase that. There's no such thing as the perfect job. There's just good jobs and bad jobs and sometimes mediocre jobs. And I said it in my introduction. So if you haven't listened to my introduction, go back and listen to episode one. In my introduction, I talk about my hope for a career. And in hopes for a career, this is important because it gives you a mindset of maybe you shouldn't be too picky about a job. My goal most days is to tolerate and like what I do. Some days I'm going to love it. Some days I'm going to hate it. But most days I'm just going to tolerate it. That's kind of the hope, the, the hope that, you, <laughs> that you should have. You're going to tolerate your job. Right, Because there's a hundred other things usually in most people's lives that they'd rather be doing than going to a certain place in a, in, a, in a metal coffin, which is called your car, and drive, and then get to work and do something for someone else and make them a bunch of money while you make a, you know, a modest amount. Now, there's always certain people that absolutely are just completely passionate about what they do and really, really love everything about everything they do. And I'm always a little bit hesitant to believe them. If they're that happy about everything, I don't get it. Because you got to be upset about something, right? That's like manic or something. But in, in reality, most people, most people just shoot for mediocrity, right? I mean, like what you do, tolerate what you do, love it some days, and hate it some other days. That's the goal in reality. So that, that sets your frame of mind on what you want to do and maybe where you want to go. And then the big picture for me was... I want to find somewhere where I had autonomy, so that was important to me. I didn't want to be somebody's lackey doing follow-ups all the time. I just don't want to do follow-ups. Yep, we're doing another another follow-up, another follow-up, another follow-up, same treatment plan, same treatment plan, incident two, incident two, incident two, and you're making somebody a bunch of money. It's not really what I wanted to do. Could I have made that work? I could have made that work, but I would have been bored out of my friggin' mind. So the majority of my days, I would not have been happy. I wouldn't have tolerated it well. So it goes back to my measuring stick that I'm looking for. Most days I want to just tolerate and like it. That's it. So what I would suggest is you need to find out what it is you want to do. What what can you tolerate more days than not? Is it pain management? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not me. I, I looked at one of those jobs. Talked to them. Glad I didn't get it. 
or didn't take it. I got the offer, and then when I called the guy back, it was already gone, and I said, oh, we kind of dodged a bullet there. So there's there's options out there, I guarantee, that you haven't thought of. Now, when you, when you look at job listings that come out on the job boards, Indeed, for one, some of the other bigger ones, you know, uh, Indeed's pretty big, Monster, um, there's the Nursing Cafe, there's a bunch of these ones, right? You can sign up for all of them. And in reality, it's mostly headhunters. It's mostly headhunters. So when you go and look at a job posting and you see this certain wording, once you read through all the job postings, then you'll start seeing the, the headhunters get a hold of them. They'll scrub it for any indication of where the job actually is because they want to get credit, take you to that job and say, hey, I've got a candidate for you. And then they get a, a, a commission if they say yes, right? So be careful about just job postings with headhunters because in reality, those jobs are probably listed through the organization themselves. If it's a bigger organization, so say you're you're looking at a hospital system that that has an NP posting, and then um, and you'll look. So say for example, I'm in the Akron Canton area, and you'll see Akron Canton uh, Family Practice, and they'll use buzzwords in that job posting that are very unique to that job posting, and then you'll see the similar language in another job posting. And Akron Canton, family nurse practitioner, you know, great benefits, blah, 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 all the same wording that's used. And you'll just look down at the bottom and you'll see, oh, it's like inline or it's one of these, these big groups that's just a, a headhunter. So you know you can kind of skip those because they're just going to try to get you to sign on. And then they're going to try to stuff a bunch of things down your throat and get you to sign on with something with them out of desperation so they can get a commission. It's about sales. Now, if you're desperate, then by all means, sign up with every single one of them, and you'll get you'll get a billion things in the mail that you just emails that you just delete. It's mostly stuff that you never need. Why do I know? I signed up for all of them just because I was curious. I wanted to keep every option open. That was my goal when I graduated. I'm going to talk to everybody, regardless of what discipline it is, regardless of what the salary is, regardless of the inpatient, outpatient. I didn't care. I wanted to talk to everybody that was even remotely interested in talking to me because I wanted to know more about them. Not necessarily that I was going to always, you know, say, oh, this is the place I'm going to work. Maybe I wanted to just make sure that this was absolutely not the practice field that I wanted to be in. So that's why I did a lot of that. And I spread my, myself out there to just see what was out there. This individual's only been out for a couple months. So really, you haven't spent a lot of time looking. You really haven't. And just going to job boards isn't going to be enough for this. Because in reality, too, most physician groups or nurse practitioner groups that are worth their salt will not need to post on any of the job boards to fill their vacancies. It's going to be done by word of mouth. It's going to be, uh, you know, one of the, the senior physicians is going to call a buddy of his who has, um, you know, another group of people that he knows that knows the nurse manager at one place here and there. And within a, a couple phone calls, they're going to have three or four applicants that are good, high quality applicants. So that, that's the way things happen more often than not. By the time they hit the job board, the problem is, is you don't really probably want to work for those places because they couldn't fill it with good applicants in the first instance. Not always, but that's the, that's the majority of the cases. So you're seeing like the third level jobs. These are bottom tier stuff, bottom shelf liquor. That's what this is, this job boards. That doesn't mean that they don't they don't post them on there, but they've already got candidates. So like, say for example, Akron Children's Hospital posts all their stuff to, um, sorry, somebody's texting me. Oops, while I'm driving and talking. 
Um, I'm not reading it. I'm just putting it away. Sorry. Not reading text. But, like, say, for example, Akron Children's, they'll post, as a matter of course, it's their HR policy that they will post to their website all job openings, period. Right? Because they don't want to show nepotism. They don't want to show preferential treatment and get nailed with, a you know, a, a, um, some kind of weird um, lawsuit for you know, discrimination of some kind, whatever. They just don't want to deal with it. So their lawyers have taught them in the HR department that you're going to post these no matter what. But in reality, they've already probably got five applicants that are ready to go for most of those job positions. Because an NP that used to work here is now working there, and they, you know, the director called that old NP and said, "Hey, do you know anybody that's looking?" And, yeah, I know three people, and they just graduated. And they're all good, and you know, any one of them be great. And next thing you know, you're 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 filling out the online application. These people are already interviewing. That doesn't mean that you can't get into the pile. It's just it, it makes it much more difficult. So you got to get to know the people. Here's the example of how I, I met somebody that, that I got my resume in Akron Children's. I went to behind the back door, and I oh, I could have had an interview if I wanted it. Went to the Akron Marathon. I was uh, working a relay team with my buddy Joe. I did the the review of the uh, episode in 36. My my only interviewee, Joe, was on the show. We were at the the Akron Marathon, and we were both doing relay legs for that marathon, and. Um, we were just kind of hanging out. We're both like later in the in the marathon. So we had like two hours to kill for people to catch up to us, right? And so we were walking around outside Akron Children's, who was one of the sponsors for the marathon. And there was a lady that was just kind of standing there near this like walkway bridge thing, and she's just standing there. We just started chatting with her, just saying, "Hey, what's going on?" And to start talking to her, or whatever. Turns out she's one of the nurse managers on one of the units, and she said, "Yeah, here's my information. If you want a job, I'll get you in." And I and I called her and sent a resume and she forwarded it through and I got a call back and and so I mean I, I had the opportunity it was a it was that's how you get in it's not job board it's not Indeed you got to get out there you got to talk to people you talk to everybody you talk to some random lady that doesn't look like she's a nurse manager she's wearing a t-shirt you know just standing there and you chit chat with people. You let them know what you're doing. You would be surprised at the number of opportunities that are out there if you talk to people. You got to be out there. You got to talk to people. Now, how would I do it if I was going to start over again? This is—I did this to some extent, but it, it, I didn't have to kill myself doing it. I would go in. If you're a guy, I would wear Dockers and a nice button-down shirt. You don't need a tie and be that pretentious, but nice, ironed, well pressed, look good, clean-shaven, look nice professional nice resume linen paper talked about it several times go right into the front desk and say I'm sorry is your manager available my name is so-and-so I'm a nurse practitioner I just graduated and I was wondering if you guys had any opportunities can I talk to your manager no she's not here they're always gonna say no she's not here but what you do is you get their phone you get their card say what's her phone number they'll at least give you that to get you to go away so they'll give you a card, they'll give you a phone number, and then you can at least call directly, if not to the main line, and say, hey, I stopped in and, and uh, tried to talk to so-and-so, and, -so, and uh, I got your card, and I wanted to just kind of go, go through and see what opportunities you have. I've heard a lot of great things about your opportunity. Your health grades are fantastic for Dr. So-and-so or nurse practitioner so-and-so, and I would love to, to work with you guys because I want to work with a winning team. Puff them up, whatever. Call them up. Don't be a don't be a pest though. 
you don't call more than a week. And I always ask people, when would you like me to call you so that I'm not being a pest? Because then it's their idea when you call. And if they say, don't call me, I'll call you. That's, that's code for just get the hell out of here. And if you don't, <laughs> if you don't leave them alone, you ain't going to get a chance anyways. So that's not the right pathway. So you got to find another in. So that's one option, right? Go knock on the doors. So that's cold call. Just show up and give them resumes. Every practice that you are remotely interested in, you go do that. While you're doing that, and I've talked about this too, you're looking around the office to see, do the MAs look frazzled? Does the front office staff have piles and piles of papers everywhere? Is the, you know, are they, are they frustrated? Is the, the provider running around in the back crazy? Um, that kind of stuff. Is the, is the, the people in the waiting room look frustrated from waiting for forever? These are all things that you're going to evaluate anyway. So you want to know that before you even interview to see if you want to work there. What else can you do? You could join your local organization and go to local meetings. That's a great way to do it. You're going to learn who the other nurse practitioners are in the area. You're going to get to know who's good at what. You're going to get to know who's not good to work for. You're going to get to know who's good to work for. You're going to find out people that are frustrated and willing to leave because not always does that mean that the, that the, the company is bad. I've seen providers leave because um, they just don't like that, that field of work. They, they can't handle the pressure of, of seeing 20, 22 patients, 25 patients a day. They want 10 or 12. They don't, they don't like the acutely ill people in an acute care setting. There's people that just want to work derm. There's people that get in derm and are bored out of their mind and want to move. So when, when you hear of somebody that's wanting to move from a job to go to another job, don't always take it as though it's the company because it very well might be the provider that's just not satisfied in, in being in that, that setting. So don't say no to something just because, oh, the last person's leaving. You have to talk to, the, talk to them if they're, if they're interested in, in getting you on board. Then you're going to ask that question. Why is the, the previous person leaving? Or is this a new position? You're going to talk about that too anyways, right? So there's a lot to think about, and it's not an easy answer of how do you go get a job? Because it depends on where you live. If you live where there's a ton of opportunities, but the market's tight, then you're, you're, you, you've got to really distinguish yourself. In which case, I would take any first job I could get my hands on so that you could say, well, in the meantime, instead of sitting around not doing anything, I did at least do some home health assessments and keep my, my skills sharp. Now, in reality, you don't need to keep your skills sharp. It's not that hard to assess a patient. All the stuff that you learned in NP school, I'm sorry, I'm going to probably offend people, but in the scheme of things, they're not all that difficult to know. It's just a lot to know. You'll get it right back. You learned it once. It's always easier to learn it again, and you, it'll snap right back. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that, or yes, I need to do that. It'll come right back to you. So don't freak out about not getting skills right out of school. It's only been a couple months, man. Relax. You'll be you'll be okay as long as you can pay your bills right now. If you can pay your bills, I would say wait for the wait for a better opportunity. It's only been like 3 months. Now, if you're 6-7 months out and you're still not having any opportunities, you're not getting any interviews, yeah, I would take a home health assessment job because I wouldn't want to be that far removed from school because the next class of people are coming around the the bend here shortly and they're going to be graduating and they're going to be taking up other opportunities that otherwise you would be going after. So that's why I wouldn't do that. Anyways, I'm beating up on this one a lot, but this this individual, I, it, I had a lot to say about it and I think that there's there's a ton of information that you can get online on how to get a job, but in reality, it's all about what your market is. 
So you, you can't just say, oh, yeah, just go do this, because it doesn't, really, it doesn't necessarily fit what's going on in your personal situation. Home health assessments are a great option. I looked at doing them. They just when I was when I was doing it, they canceled the contract because it was late in the season. It was, end, it was like end of the year last year, so they killed the contract. So they were done doing them already. So I missed the opportunity. But if I would have started in you know this time of last year, I could have picked up a bunch of them, made some money while I was just kind of killing time, waiting for other things to shake out, and uh, waiting for credentialing to be done and other stuff like that. And I could have made some a little bit of coin doing it. You know, it's like a hundred bucks an hour. You got to do four of them a, a, a day. And it's usually a, a half a day commitment, and you know all the stuff. They set you up with all the stuff. It's not that difficult. I had a friend that was doing it in school. Another person that ran the relay with me was doing it. So this relay, Akron relay thing, is all uh, a common theme apparently today. So um, I would recommend that you do something, but I wouldn't beat yourself up on it because in what you're going to want to do. My dad taught me this: when you are looking for a job, you should spend more time looking for the job you want than the time that it takes to do the job you you would get. So in other words, if you want a 40-hour job, you should be spending 50 hours a week looking for a good job that, that meets the requirements you want. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of foot traffic, right? That's a lot of talking to people, a lot of cold calls, a lot of follow-ups. I kept a notebook when I was in engineering school and I was just getting done with college the first time. And I had a spiral-bound notebook and I, I basically journaled everything that I did with who I talked to, when I talked to them, what the opportunity was what the person said to me, what their title was, and all that information. And it helped me because I could call back and have all that stuff in my fingertips and say, hey, yeah, remember we talked, you know, four weeks ago and you said that I should call you in four weeks and you were, you were, uh, said that we would, you were having a contract, you guys were working. Did you get that, get that big contract? Because, you know, I could be ready to start. When's that contract hidden? You know, you can, you can take away their pain for them. We talk about pain in the past. You can, if somebody's got pain and you can take it away, you make the decision easier for them. So go find that job, buddy. I want to hear back from you. You go do kick ass and get, get it done. But don't just settle for anything. Pick something that's good and don't settle for any just any price because you are valuable. Even though the market's tight in a lot of places, just, just be confident in it and you'll get more money. I guarantee it. It's all about confidence. You'll be fine. Don't jump. Don't jump too soon. Okay? Don't give up. You'll go get something good. All right. The other thing, this one will be quick because it's just kind of more funny and just, just obnoxious because it's something that's been going, I've seen it twice now on Facebook, and it's people that are in these Facebook groups that are that are saying things like this, and I'm not going to try to be too sarcastic because um, I think their intent is good and, high, and kind and uh, kind-hearted, but I don't think it's valuable. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So here's the comment. I can't help but notice, and I'm not trying to be insightful. But I noticed that people on this forum are continuously posting pictures of things and, and giving hypothetical situations for patients, looking for treatment advice options, and I think that is in bad taste because it makes our profession look bad, that we're seeking Facebook as an option for, for good clinical decision making. And you, should, you will be legally liable, and oh, now this is me being me, right? for everything that's going to happen to this person if you do something that you learned on Facebook. It's the end of the world. Facebook is killing us all. Alright. First off, there is no legal ramification if you are stupid enough to take advice from Facebook and use that as your source for for the, the standard of care. Then 
you deserve to lose your license and get sued for malpractice. Okay? There's not a single person that I know or could imagine on Facebook in these forums that would honestly say, well, I treated you with this because I saw it on Facebook last night, and that's, that's good. That sounds good to me. Sure, why not? There's not a single person that would do that. If you have half a brain, you know that everyone that is on Facebook in a nurse practitioner forum is going to do this. They're going to look things up after they say, oh, this looks kind of like that. Then they're going to go research it on UpToDate or Medscape or go talk to their collaborative physician intelligently about a topic. I think that's propelling our profession in the right direction. Right? We're gaining knowledge. Who wouldn't want to use a resource that will help us all gain knowledge? Use the crap out of it. Spread the word. Facebook groups, use them. Talk about it. Exploit each other's knowledge. That's what we're here for. Not, oh, don't use it for that. We're here just to talk to each other about how great we are. I don't understand the purpose or intent of any of these forums if you don't talk about the issues and, and problems that we're having. No one in their right mind is going to use that as the resource that they're going to cite to to say, well, Your Honor, I, uh, yeah, I did that. I gave that medicine for that because I saw it on a Facebook forum last night. It was good. It sounded legit to me. It sounded real smart. So I'm going to use it. No, you go and you look the crap up and you make a decision that's, that's educated and well-referenced and is the uh, current standard of care, right? So I think that's absurd. And this person's getting hammered. I, can't, I, I didn't even look at all of them. I just saw like one or two things when I was walking out the door and I just chuckled to myself thinking, oh, you poor soul. You just opened a can of worms on yourself and you're going to get crushed because you're probably one of five people out of 10,000 on this forum that are like, yeah, uh... I belong to this forum, so I'm uh, I'm just going to talk about the, you know, take a picture of my food or something and post it to the NP forum. This was my dinner last night. I don't know what you're going to do with this. What's the purpose of the forum otherwise? It doesn't downplay the value of the forum and, and or of the profession because in reality, anybody that's willing to ask somebody else for assistance and give them guidance in the right direction, I consider that as an intelligent person that's utilizing the resources that are available to them. And another thing was in there was, well, you should go talk to your collaborator. Well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Maybe your collaborator's a real schmuck. And if you got a collaborator, he's going to treat you like you're a blatant idiot. What would you rather have? A, a, a physician think that you're an idiot because you don't know what you're doing? Or a physician that says, oh, this person researched some of it and has a pretty decent idea of what the treatment plan is and I agree with it. Which one would you think is more intelligent and is a better practitioner? Ugh. Right? All right, anyways, I'm not going to beat up anymore, but I thought that was kind of a ridiculous comment. If you guys think I'm wrong on that, if you agree with me, I want to hear from you on my forum. I want to hear from you on my webpage. I want to hear, or on my Facebook page. You can get me at the NP Dude. Don't forget, you guys can catch me on thenpdude.com. One thing I want to always remind you guys, here's my shameless plug. If you want to support the show and the good work that we're doing here, please consider using my Amazon affiliate link. I'm not reading this. I'm just making this crap up off the, the fly, right? So if it sounds like the last one, it's just because I'm doing it the same way. And what you're going to do is you're going to click on the link. You can go to the bottom of the page on your smartphone, and you'll see the Amazon link. It doesn't have to buy the, you don't have to buy the picture crap that's in the picture. It's just a picture, okay? Click on the link. It takes you to Amazon. You're going to buy the things that you otherwise would have bought. It doesn't cost you a dime more than what you would have paid. 
which is kind of nice. What's it do? It kicks me a couple percent of that, just for directing the traffic to Amazon through my website. That's all it does. And so what are we using that money for here at DNP Dude? I'm going to use it for web hosting because it's going to get expensive. And I've said that before, but it really is going to get expensive because every file I make, it's getting huge. It's like bogging my computer. i got to back things up like all the time now. My computer's getting slow. So i got to even buy a new computer, I think, coming up. It's getting too slow. I'm not catching up. So consider sharing the show, consider liking the show on Facebook, and spread the word, but don't forget, use that Amazon affiliate link. Give me some uh, some shout-outs through, uh, through the rating systems on Facebook and iTunes, too. So keep things coming to me. You can always email me comments or questions, concerns, headaches, problems, whatever it is. I don't care. Jeff at the npdude.com. You can always personal message me on Facebook, and uh, you can get me personally through Jeff Powers, or you can get me through at the NP dude and you can tag me if you tag me what it does for most of them if you put at the NP dude um, in Facebook it basically just hyperlinks to my my NP dude page the NP dude you gotta use the the so I appreciate you guys listening I appreciate the great comments and great questions and uh, we'll talk soon <laughs>